I V M. All right, welcome to Shunya One, episode eighty-nine. We are back on another show. Yes, we are. How long has it been since you've done an intro now? It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Yes. <laughs> We in fact had a rebroadcast last week as well. Yes, we did. Good show. We had a we had Zainab's episode, but uh, the episode before that, Kanchan's episode, was really well received, and exactly. I think it was a really fun episode too. It was fun. Finally, got Kanchan down uh, mm-hmm. from Canada and managed to get yep. him to so tell we, us about some interesting stories. We had a poll. We had a poll about what his interests were, or rather, what his business is about, right? And so the question was, what is going to have more impact of the banking sector in the short run, technical solutions or regulatory issues? And the overwhelming answer was regulatory issues. 90% of the people it's thought that that's going to be the one that's going to have funny. a good deal. I mean, it's funny uh, that that's become the sort of primary thing in the fintech space. Right. Uh, and I was, I, I, mean, I am hearing this more and more even from folks in fintech regulation management right that's the biggest part of so we have a fintech company that's upstairs right and a big part of their business is basically managing regulations rather than just doing the technical part of things yeah but that's also because I think India uh, specifically has been doing things in this space they've actually been uh, more open than most other countries in supporting fintechs which is an unusual thing to say about India especially in a tiktok world I know. Or in a non-TikTok world. Or a non-TikTok world now. Yes. We don't know how long this Apparently will last. it will also not be a PUBG world for long. Oh, no. Uh, Rajkot High Court is apparently... Fun making, times ahead. Yeah, I know. Wonderful. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's, <laughs> let's get into our show. Ourselves. We have a fun show lined up. Yes, we do. Uh, we actually have uh, someone in the studio who's uh, been a startup founder and has exited I the know. startup world with cash. Money. And... It's a really a very interesting story. We're going to be talking to Harpreet Grover about his story. So let's get on with the show. All right. Welcome to the show. Harpreet, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, it's great to have you. Thank you for, uh, you know, making the time. I know uh, you are now a busy entrepreneur. Chilling. Exited founder. Chilling so, after uh, your last startup or are you already on to another one? So I'm saying actually uh, today is our last day. So, you know, it got acquired. Cookies got acquired by Aeon Hewitt. Okay. And uh, today is the last wow. day. And we have you here. <laughs> yes. To tell the story. I should be partying and I'm stuck here with you guys <laughs> I'm sorry man I'm sorry I promise uh, after this life's a party well or so, or so you should tell us why don't why don't you start with a uh, little interesting background to all of this I, I know you're the center stage uh, today but how did it all begin you have some common friends from uh, the IIT startup yeah, circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the f- a lot of folks who have been on our show before, mm. uh, Farooq from Find, Zishan uh, from Topper. Tell us uh, how it all began. Kokyo started with Vibhor. So Vibhor and I started Kokyo's. You know, we, we are the co-founders. We were roommates in IIT Bombay, mm. and at that point in time, we didn't like each other so much. Uh, <laughs> but you know, as the love grew over time, and when we were getting out of IIT in 2005, we wanted to do something together. So it was in 2006. My mom gave me a call. I was I got a job in Inductus, uh, you know, a data analytics company, and my mom gave me a call and she said, "Beta, uh, uncle, aap se milna chahte hain." And I said, no, I don't want to meet him. <laughs> and she said, no, he's going to come over today and, you know, meet you. Uh, no option. So he came over and he said, uh, Harpreet, I want to meet your HR. 
and uh, i said uncle you know what do you do and why do you want to meet and he said i am a placement officer in this college in sangrur okay. this you know about a far off place in punjab and uh, i want to invite your uh, hr to come to my campus to hire people and uh, i said okay you know i'll get you to meet and he went to meet and he left after 10 minutes so i forgot about it then three months down the line at a family function dancing i caught up with him and i said uncle you know you had come and what happened mm-hmm. and he said beta hum delhi bombay mumbai sab jagah jate hain sabko bolte hain aao aao sab bolte hain aayenge aayenge aata koi nahi hai so you know we go everywhere mm-hmm. but I tell everybody to come nobody comes so went to my hr and i said uh, you know what happened and he said yeah this college is 300 kilometers away and if i go there i'm unable to hire i'll lose my job mm-hmm. so you know called we bore we looked up the internet we found out uh, that the 34000 colleges in india this is 2006 and all of them in tier 2 cities uh, whereas all the companies are in metros right and that is when the idea of cocubes came which comes from the first two letters of three words connecting colleges and companies so co cross co cross co became cocubes.com because of lack of any other domain name we couldn't and find it clearly <laughs> showing your engineering chops <laughs> absolutely in everything. very proud of it yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah so that was 2006 it took us a year vibhor left his job first he was microsoft research and uh, came down said maine naukri chhod diye you know then i had a month later i had to get my retention bonus oh. <laughs> uh, so it was 2 lakh rupees so you know i got that and with that we started cocubes in 2007 wow uh, that's how we went and uh, so from 2007 to now you know it's been 12 years so uh, when we started the company you know the two people who took some angel money we actually at that time and point in time was the second person in entire batch to start the company okay. uh, the first one was gagan goel i think you might know uh, him india quotient yes absolutely so yes. i was the second guy surprisingly both chose edtech Okay. Or you know, or HR tech, or whatever. We didn't know right. that it, we were we were this making is, this mistake. This is pre-startup. Like no one funded people back then. Like you had to know an uncle to give you money. You had to know somebody. So there were yeah. like three venture funds. You know, yeah. there would be maybe Matrix, Sequoia, and Lightspeed, and then you're like done. Yeah. And there's nobody else you can. And so by the way, then that was an OJS venture started, oh. which was by N S Raghavan, who's the yes. co-founder of Infosys, and we eventually ended up getting funding uh, from them in 2009. Nice. Yeah. and when you started this again this was uh iitb uh the same batch i think as a few of these folks yeah you chose to start this with what in mind like what was your vision then and in yeah. this 12 what no uh, more number of years journey hmm. what how has it how did it grow and change like is it still the same product or concept it was day one how many times did it evolve or yeah, yeah, tell us all. a little bit about I what you do and what it did I think when you start you just start because this is a problem and you want to build a billion dollar company in five years you know that didn't happen you know we made a neat amount of uh, cash uh, in our exit to Aon Hewitt but the idea was connecting colleges and companies who just funded us uh, we went down that path of taking an office hiring a sales team and we found out that colleges can pay for this service Oh. So you know, because there are so many people who want employment, but only few jobs. So corporates might not pay for fresher jobs, but colleges can pay. So we started working with colleges. I remember our first college paid us ten thousand rupees as an annual subscription. Wow. Uh, the average fee today we charge from college is about five and a half lakhs or so. So you know, so that grew obviously. But we went down that direction from two thousand seven to two thousand twelve. In two thousand, and we by then we had spent all our VC money. we had raised about 10 crores in two rounds we had taken on some debt we were about to close a large vc round which didn't happen 
and now we were staring at a place where we were connecting colleges and companies but still not working out because even if you connected college graduates to companies if 300 people traveled from sangru to delhi and only three got jobs nobody was happy yeah right so whatever money we had little money we bought an offline assessment company called escotient and we became an online assessment company nice right nice. and we were always product tech etc so we knew how to do that so we became an online assessment company this was 2012 and then went down that path i see and i remember you know sitting with vibhor talking about saying that if we go down this path this path is not a billion dollar path this is a path of building a profitable company right and we had a choice between doing that versus so we were 120 people then we had let go we had to let go of about 80 people wow and 40 people remain we had the choice of letting go of about 110 people and doing something drastically different within the space which had you know more option but wouldn't generate immediate revenue mm-hmm. but we had taken on some debt from people which was not supposed to be you know in trouble we were right. you know that just given it on trust and mm-hmm. we were supposed to return that money right. so we chose the path of saying we'll build a profitable company so went down that path that worked out in 2014 15 we start 14 we started talking to Aon Hewitt it took 2 years to wow get the deal done uh, wow. 2016 december we exited right. and uh, yeah so, uh, so it's been good after that lo- looking back at this juncture which you just mentioned right mm-hmm. you're trying you're I mean, your first thought was to build a billion-dollar company, and you had a plan for it. Yeah, uh, you had to sort of sidestep that and do this because yeah. of the situation. Why do you think? Uh, why at that point did you think that this is not a potential building billion-dollar company? In fact, I would say the online testing and the online uh, assessment space now is booming, right? I mean, wasn't it? Was it not hot then? Was it something you? It was absolutely not hot then. Okay. Uh, I think you know at that point in time we were going and selling online assessments to companies. Mm-hmm. Companies were saying, you know, अरे I can take a printout in one rupee. Why should I pay you two hundred rupees for an online test? Wow. Right? Okay. So I I I remember from two thousand twelve to two thousand fifteen. That's all I heard. Uh, That I can make someone write this and for one rupee by taking a printout. Why should I do it online? Right. But today. Genuinely, so we are now part of Aon Hewitt, the second largest assessment company in the world. What is happening is now this has become part of every company's budget. Yeah. So because it has now become part of budget, you don't the market is now set. Right. So now we are seeing actually quite a lot of growth which was not possible earlier. And you know this I think is a reminder to every entrepreneur saying that the market decides it. Yeah. Your timing is important. Yeah. So I think we were a little early. Most of the things we built in 2007 is now we see somebody coming and asking for them. You know wow. like an online interview process and stuff like this. We tried selling earlier. Uh one customer we were able to sell. But now is when companies are uh, asking for it. This is a testament to your uh, I mean resilience in yeah. staying afloat oh. and staying uh, you know on this path right in a lot of ways majboori ka naam mahatma gandhi you know like like what option did we have we could have shut down and gone home right and i remember having a conversation with my coach tvg krishnamurthy i'm saying uh, and i wish every entrepreneur out there gets a coach Right. Uh, like a mentor, coach. I I just like the word maybe coach more, but essentially someone who's smart, who has seen the world in many more ways that you have, and who can give you objective advice. Right. And I remember 
you know being in a place where like for 2 years we ran cocubes in the way that on 25th of each month we'll start calling customers to pay because mm-hmm. we have to meet payroll mm-hmm. you know one thing we were and I are proud of is that we have never missed payroll wow. ever obviously our salaries didn't come or you know <laughs> but, but, i hope they have now <laughs> now have yeah. you accrued for 15 years <laughs> absolutely so <laughs> but you know uh and i remember and a friend advising me yaar dekh kabhi kabhi nahi chalta hai so it's okay to let go and maybe do something else and then you know i spoke to tvg and we were doing all these different sorts of things trying to figure out what to do and he said harpreet forget everything you started in 2007 you're on 12 now you know in 5 years you have built some asset just find whatever is valuable and protect that yeah and i think that advice changed everything for us like we said okay what we built is connections with colleges connections with companies so from tomorrow morning we'll start go and start asking for money for assessments which we were selling free from for now and you know that changed everything and hmm. then i'm thinking what option do you have then when we decided we wanted to sell the company we had an option of taking pe money to grow it further we didn't do that precisely saying hey this will only become so big mm-hmm. otherwise you know we have to exit in the time when you were this exit conversation was starting uh, you all were obviously i mean you were growing hmm. uh, you were attractive to uh, an yeah. acquirer uh, had competition creeped in like what was the no, absolutely what, how, so, what was the situation then so i think i i think we are the first saas exit in india Uh, if oh. you if you if you consider uh, you know 100 crores or in that amount to be re- reasonable scale uh, that is uh, scale dude i think most people listening would be very happy with that kind of number so you know i think the first saas exit 15 then, million dollars yeah that's a that's a significant so. amount yeah and so after us uh, our one competitor metal Yeah. Uh, they got acquired by Mercer so yeah. you know so that was recent very recent very recent like 4 yeah, yeah. months ago 5 months yeah. ago so yeah. i think it has been in that direction uh, so things have heated up in our space you know mm-hmm. i think from the time we sold the company to now our revenue has in 2 years it has grown 3 and a half x as a as a result of the distribution you got or the backing you got or uh, like tell so tell us a little bit about this the, the acquisition part itself and then maybe the post uh, hmm. like how did the deal come to you like most people here uh, or and listeners like we don't rarely see the or hear about the inside story of how you say yes to someone who's willing to buy your company hmm. so i can i can tell you two sides of it mm-hmm. 2012 we were not doing well we wanted to sell the company nobody wanted to buy it you know we went from one person to another i think the max offer we got was 5 crores or 6 crores you know i'm saying basically peanuts yeah. because everybody knew that you know you were desperate we were desperate yeah. and i think that's the way folks work yeah. so what i what we learned the hard way was you know you can you cannot sell a company people can only buy your company yeah so we went back to building the company you know like i was saying the advice that just go focus on whatever asset you have created and work on it that's what we did then uh hewitt was a customer and you know so the recruitment manager told somebody hey we do this and the person uh, who used to work in on hewitt they went and came and had a chat mm-hmm. and uh, two three chats and he said will you be interested in something like this so you know it was proposed by uh, eon and uh, we said why not just that i didn't know it will take two and a half years from that first conversation <laughs> of course you know it uh, it has taken more time than to convince my girlfriend to marry me or etc etc it's been like longest dragged out conversation that i could have heard of <laughs> and what do you think caused that though i mean, I mean what what can you share about it? is it just due process or is it just the meeting of 
you know both of your teams and their teams uh, i think you did you start working together already in these two years in some uh, way or is it no, now no so we were not working together we were doing one or two bits testing each other out mm-hmm. maybe okay. but maybe the trip of philippines to figure out we can office open an office together you know stuff like that okay. but generally we didn't do it i think what took most of the time was legal stuff legal stuff and uh and the fact that to push a deal of this size within a company which is worth 27 billion dollars you need a champion mm, right. you need somebody who really wants to do the deal otherwise for 10 15 million dollars to get lost in 27 billion dollars is just very very easy yeah. nobody cares mm. yeah. right so uh you know you spend time in finding your champion then you spend and then he goes to legal he goes to finance and then there is due diligence then after the india does due diligence us wants to do due diligence wow and uh, then for example and this and this is an advice to all entrepreneurs out there if you're listening saying if you have taken money from an investor you know file your taxes file your paperwork hmm. uh, the amount of it created at least 6 to 8 month of delay just yeah, because let's because say you had forgotten to file for one i think we gotten 10000 rupee extra because of the currency exchange oh, yeah, yeah, and I we had forgotten this. to return it Yeah. and that led to some rbi thing and a sector and all of that led to like a six month delay yeah you yeah know? and oh man i have i know this yeah, yeah. when you crazy. receive money in foreign currency you plan for a certain amount but then the day of the transfer you get some 10000 extra out of 4 crores and we had to return it we didn't return it and you know then it just all just snowballed there oh and then you God. forget it for 10 years then you want to sell your company <laughs> somebody remind you oh man oh wow. that's crazy and yeah. in those two years of negotiations mm. and you know building up you were still growing the company was still we were still we doubled our know, revenue right uh, uh, in those two years i think w- uh, one thing that we we could have done better was that we don't didn't realize how long legal and stuff can take mm-hmm. so can you expand on that a little bit like what are the kind of issues that came up in terms of legal i think that that would be of interest to people right just uh What are, one you mentioned yeah one. you mentioned one right but i mean like that was uh, one so one of them there are different kind of diligences right there's oh. financial diligence there is uh, legal diligence there is hr diligence mm-hmm. and there is business diligence right. so one issue came up is they wanted to talk to our top customers i said no way mm. if you talk to our customers i'm saying that means everybody knows that you know yeah. they're looking to get acquired right, right. and that doesn't work yeah. so we said you if you want to call a few of them yourself mm. you know you're more than i can't stop you from that but there is no way that i am going to go to a customer and one of the letters that we had to do during the transaction was to say that okay there's a customer who pays us 2 crores an annum so mm. get a letter saying you know they will renew with from you or they're okay <laughs> uh you know that they are you're doing good service i'm saying we couldn't get that letter right, yeah. then there was a letter required saying some contracts with customers had things if you get acquired you will need a new contract yeah right and they were a large customer so and we never thought about it this is right. a contract yeah, customer the, willing to give us money yeah, we signed off and said yeah 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 and now we have 300 contracts right right and five of them which amount to some half a million dollars of revenue have this problem yeah so then in this case we had to go back to the customer and say if this happens you know please give us in writing that you will be okay right yeah. so all of these add up then you know financial diligence all your accounts need to be in order abcd right, right. all your metrics need to tally 
all of that how what is the reimbursement process and i think this is more this this is more because you are getting acquired by by, an, a, by uh, a by a big large organization who right. understands all this and values all this and they are a listed company right. so i think they were right in doing hmm. all of these things so that as a company you, as an entrepreneur you don't understand the importance of it right no, you are running you. a business you want to basically figure out okay this is my problem this is i'm solving it this is what i'm going to do this is how i need to move you don't care about we the all, fine print. Yeah, we all let that stuff slide more than we should, and it, we shouldn't let it slide. I mean, yeah, like, I and know that. one interesting thing was, you know, so we went to a lot of people to say, hey, we want to, you know, we are looking we, and we have some interest. Will you take our deal? Will you become our what do you call investment banker? Hmm. Uh-huh. Nobody wanted it. Oh, because really? the size of the deal was small, and they said, oh. you know, and uh, they said, you know, okay, if. You know, there was less interest, right, right? And then I said, "Okay, we'll just do it ourselves." Oh, oh God! So a lot yeah. of learning. I can become an investment banker now, maybe. <laughs> you should become but, an investment yeah. banker now. I mean, like seriously, it no, is. I'm good. Uh, I'm good with dropping off my daughter to school, picking her up. <laughs> and I think I'm good for now. No, but it's a it, it is a problem, right? I mean, like because most of these investment bankers are uh, the they're good used ones. to the hundreds of to, millions of deals. Exactly. And yeah. So then this 10, is fifteen is too small. Yeah, their their fee structure is also kind of set in a way that if your deal is small, then their fee structure becomes out of whack. So right. then that becomes a big problem. Right, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. There must be a that's an opening for a startup in investment banking. Uh, is what I would think. Is it really? Though? I don't know, man. I mean, like it's such a weird business, right? I mean, like you you dealt with them, so you would know, right? But I mean, like that space to me feels like it's not. Tough. It's very related to outcome. Yeah, and you know. I'm saying you like need to have connections. You need to have That's some expertise in a particular sector yeah. or it's some relationships to make. It's a sales job, but it's also uh, uh, it's a boys club job, also, right? It's like you have to be one of the guys. Yeah. You know that 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 that's kind of the space that people I think investment able, banking particularly more so than people to trust you. Hey, look at yeah. this company, and the person should tomorrow morning look yeah. at that company. Yeah. Right. On that note, I think we're gonna take a quick break. Come back and talk some more. All right, welcome back. Uh, interesting uh, part of another side of the story, which I want to hear is, what was the? You obviously settled at a number, and you actually came up and you you did a deal. Hmm. How was that process, and what made you say yes to whatever? Was it what they were offering? Did you negotiate? Was it all? Was it your paper valuation because you were funded? So I hmm. assumed that obviously there was a standard valuation metric you were following. Hmm. Uh, how did that? part go hmm. yeah and i think you know maybe sometimes we we get the advice and we give the advice as an angel investor to startups saying valuation isn't everything mm-hmm. you know there are other terms and conditions that you should be careful about mm-hmm. uh, offers abcd correct and yeah. i think when you're selling a company valuation actually is kind of everything because yeah. you're selling this is your yeah. final sell yeah uh, and it's the last number you're getting yeah. this is the last number you're going to get out of all the sweat and hard work that you have put yeah. so I think there was reasonable amount of to and fro, like I said, first with the Indian team, then with the other team, and one of the friends who gave extremely good advice in this case was Kashyap Deora. I don't know if you of know course, him again, yeah. an ID Bombay alumni. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, right now in US, running his company uh, Hypertrack. Correct. Uh, so I think I got extremely good advice from him to manage it, and his advice was simple: have a plan B, and have mm. the guts to say no. Mm. So I think if you if you don't have a plan B. If you are in a desperate situation, you there is yeah. no way the person can sense it. Yeah. You won't get a good offer. So the only way to get an offer is to be you have to have the ability to say no. Mm. And I think that happened multiple times. I think the deal 
would go off every 2 3 months then something will start or something right. else will start and we'll start talking again so being able to walk away being able to walk away is super important is is powerful also it's powerful but i think that applies to all of the stuff right even if you're talking about your customer contracts and stuff like that even in that context you have to be able to say no right hmm. if you are desperate for every little bit of revenue that comes to you which sometimes we are but you got to be able to hide it too hmm. because otherwise you're going to be taken for and then you get yeah you get caught in saying a customer is giving me this but he's demanding this oh. i don't want to lose that revenue Yeah. yeah, I think it applies to product yeah. building of and running companies like day in okay. and day out. Of course, definitely in a B two B. Any business. negotiation, you have to be able to walk away, right? If you're not able to walk away, I mean, like you lose just simply through game theory, you lose. Absolutely, right. yeah. absolutely. Coming back to, uh, of course, so this negotiation was going on. Obviously, this is where the you guys, you and Vivora as founders were, you know, managing this whole thing. Uh, what was what was the size of the team, and how did? this benefit everyone i mean this is also another hot yeah. topic which is fairly uh, unspoken about right hmm. esops and you know payouts post acquisition hmm. does everyone hmm. get super rich like the hmm. only real story we still have is infosys capion has become super rich hmm. we, there are really no other stories or flipkart no flipkart yeah but we don't hear who they we were we don't hear who they were but we hear or, that there were a lot of yeah them. yeah yeah so, everyone just becomes silent and goes and hides in a cave what we hear, but we don't know who they hmm. are So hmm. how did it happen for you your team and how big was the team too So I think from so like I was saying 2012 we were let go of people and uh, from there to back to 2016 our team was again about 110 folks okay. and uh, spread across the country uh, a lot of uh, old folks as well so I think about 23 people made money from selling this company mm-hmm. did they become super rich no but folks were able to make more than 1 crore rupees uh, each some yeah. you know i'm saying let's say five of them yeah. in the transaction yeah. the, that's substantial amount of money for an individual yeah i'm saying we, we were glad that we were a, that they at some point you know put faith in esops mm-hmm. and right. we were able to return that faith right right i think that to us was critical i remember that when we started in 2007 by 2007 end we had esops like for everybody in the company oh. and then we want to say look this will have value hmm. uh, and you maintain those all the way till now uh, we maintain those because You know the interesting part is after 2012 we never gave esops because nobody wanted it because they had seen a downturn in the company right and suddenly everybody lost faith right. saying you know do esops really have value right right uh, so more the folks and then nobody wanted it and everybody wanted salary and incentives so all the folks who made money were the old folks uh, who were in the company there was folks who had left the company in 2011 2012 were now in US after an mba doing a job we had to call them up and, huh? and because you know there Their was names the, are still there the names yeah. are still there and as part of the deal transaction we had to close it okay. so this is another other thing that when do we tell everybody that they need to sign the letter because these are preconditions to closing the deal correct and you can't tell them too early yeah uh, because you know news will get out exactly, spread, exactly. Yeah. so you have to call somebody in the us saying we want this letter by tomorrow because the deal needs so to how happen. does that work i mean like i'm sorry this might sound a little naive right but i mean like uh, esops are generally the employee who has it yeah. has to put in some money to get the benefit of the share right depends depends okay. on the sales so you value. can you can say hey look today i'm i'm giving you the share at 10 rupees right 
and tomorrow whatever value it sells for it is your money okay. right but i'm thinking we gave it for free huh. we didn't charge anything for it okay. or i think 1 rupees at yeah, the minimum at the minimum price okay. at the base price and then the person accrued it uh, every year huh. uh, for 4 years that was a wasting period okay. and if they left in between only what they accrued is what they no. got yeah. okay. the thing was that when people leave huh. i think this is key where a lot of employees make a mistake or employers also make a mistake saying if you leave then what happens with the resops huh. because if you buy them if you convert them then you have to pay tax on the notional yeah. value right. which doesn't work which because doesn't employee work. will exactly, say hey yeah. look i am not going to pay 10 lakh rupees tax that's what i was wondering that's exactly. what so in that case at least we had given a letter huh. to folks saying you know we're giving an extension for buying okay and that worked right and that's legal and valid i'm hoping <laughs> <laughs> no no but it made out for everyone that's what yeah, i'm yeah, saying absolutely so absolutely no, look we could have easily not called the folks oh, right. uh, because the only base we we were the fun to tell the company who was acquiring saying this is what we have right. this could have been easily swept under the paperwork nobody would have known because there is no trail on it right right ah, yeah esops don't get like, they they're not registered no no not, you 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 have to register the pool you have to register the pool you don't register the pool you have to keep a esop booklet yeah. and yeah. all of it Yeah. But you know it's a it's a physical register. Huh. Yeah. So I'm just saying that to be able to call somebody who, who in 2016 who worked in your company in 2011 and then you speak like once in two years, hmm. oh, you have to find the number of the guy to say yeah, okay, no. you know I want to find this person. No, so my question is, do they have to to exercise the option? Do they have to give you something back at that point for them to exercise the option, or have they already exercised the option at that point in 2007? Like as uh, in 2011, you mean? In 2011. Yeah. yeah. So it it depends case to case. Okay. One person out of 23 had exercised the option. Okay. He had paid us the money uh, and paid taxes on it. Uh, the rest other of the- other folks had got an extension letter. Okay. Out of twenty three folks, actually around twelve were still working. Okay. And uh, out of eleven who were uh, what do you call uh, you know out there, right. one had exercised and ten hadn't exercised. They had a letter from us. So, but then they also need to exercise before you do the transaction to sell so yes. that they can yes. get it. Absolutely. Right. And oh, then wow. then okay. they had to exercise at the current value. At the current at the current value. Just the that, guy who paid the tax early oh. paid less. Yes. Just that the tax now they will pay at the end of the year. So okay. you know they're finding so a letter, fine, and yeah. They're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They get the money first. They get the money first. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Man, this stuff is confusing and interesting. Hmm. And that's why a lot, a lot of people, again, I don't think it's fully understood even today. It's not with new employees, people who join startups. I don't think employers do a good job of even uh, you know. Yeah, being the, super clear about it. I think even one of the things that entrepreneur doesn't take into account, and we did not take into account, is you know if you give somebody ESOP. Then it is actually part of salary, and the company needs to pay notional tax on it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you wow. say, "Oh, I have this; I can give it," huh. uh, but you know, really can't. And if you are, then it is important for you to have faith in it, for the uh, team member, employee to have faith in right. it. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a two. It's a two-sided uh, thing relationship we are going into. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So see, these are the small things which. I guess people again. It's like the legal fine print. You say it's a problem for another day, hmm. and when yeah, it happens, absolutely. you know we'll deal with it. It, it takes two and a half years to do the deal. Then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you should be prepared for this. Hmm. But great. So congratulations. You finally closed the deal after two years. Yeah. There's uh, another very interesting term which we only read about in blogs, which is called golden handcuffs. Hmm. How are your golden handcuffs? Or do you have any? They or came off today. How did they? You know, how did they happen? So, or what's so the, what's that like? I think this is another part of uh, negotiation in the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had golden handcuffs. They ended about four months ago, mm-hmm. uh, and 
uh, we wanted to quit then and you know then our employer Aon Hewitt said they wanted to stay us for some more time so we have stayed and you know now the entire handover and everything is done so all our money is uh, in the bank nice. uh, it has been a genuinely good transaction where uh, Aon invested and they wanted some output saying you have to meet these revenue numbers we have met 20% over and above that so mm-hmm. you know what we're happy is in the entire ecosystem from employees to angels and everybody to the person who acquired has been able to you know make money off it yeah and it's been a green been a, green deal it's also. been a green green deal which yeah. has been nice yeah. I think the key part so we had those golden handcuffs and I think it is uh, they came off in November last year right uh, I think the key here is you know people ask you start asking you that when will you leave hmm. so now you are uh selling and i think we were upfront saying hey, look if i had to genuinely stay why would i ever sell my company i am mm. an entrepreneur by mindset yeah if i wanted to genuinely stay why would I? and we were upfront with the team mm. saying that at a certain point we will move on right uh and you know, generally truth has worked for us over right. the last 10 years right no so that's great uh, what are you doing next or and any other parting words that you want to share with uh, everyone who's listening uh and you know obviously you've shared all your experiences uh, hmm. but what next what will you do differently or will it be still at tech uh, what do you think of the rest of the ecosystem in fact did you uh, did you in, at any point collaborate or with anyone else any other startups i know uh, you know in this whole story uh, uh, I, did I, you ever look at everyone else who's gone the the unicorn route hmm. and uh, you know think that this is what you i know, want so to do I, next i i think when you start a company and this is i we never thought we i'm think we did not know the terms b2b b2c we did not know the terms edtech hr tech we did not think of it as market size our earlier model was we will help a company do campus hiring you know we will charge them per campus hmm. 3000 rupees okay and then you know i was sitting with person who runs prop tiger you know he said yaar tum 3000 rupees per campus loge to kitne campus hote hain you know hmm. kitni campus hiring hoti hai and then he realized oh market size is 1 crore this doesn't work hmm. and he made me realize that you know our business model is wrong hmm. so i'm saying when as first time entrepreneurs you know we generally did it out of passion saying hey this is a problem i really want to solve i came across this problem i am willing to leave my job to solve this problem you know i think that passion is important in whatever you do i think it is the only reason vibhor and i were able to do it for 12 years okay. if i think a lot of companies and i read the i heard the podcast on mrs ishan and you know with other companies which started in the powai ecosystem or during the years when boom happened correct i think a lot of companies started because startup was supposed to be fun and you know it yeah. was supposed to be the thing i yeah. think you really need to believe in what you are doing if there was one thing i could tell anybody you have to believe in the idea that you are yeah. following in the problem that you want to solve and that can make you last and then even if in bad times you are you know happy you are okay you are okay to say i will push on and i will make this work yeah so that does i think going forward i am interested in the career space so i keep looking to do something i haven't thought about it goal is to travel for the next 3 4 5 6 months i am i do mountaineering uh, mountain running so yeah. you know do wow. more of uh, that see he's making your trekking look like nothing yeah man <laughs> i know not even running anymore <laughs> not even running But, i know so you know we both like fintech 
so you know yeah uh, hopefully we will you know he will start liking career or i will start liking <laughs> so we'll see what happens awesome. but right now he bought a house with a swimming pool in gurgaon because you can have one in gurgaon <laughs> because you can have one in gurgaon in bombay i'm living in this kholi man <laughs> even after <a> successful <laughs> absolutely you know what can you do but yeah so we'll see what happens but the goal is next take six, six months get out of our own well yeah. uh, you know hopefully get into a pond yeah. and see mm-hmm. what is out there and do something amazing thank you thank you so much for uh, sharing all of this with yeah, us thank you guys for hosting no, no, it was a great conversation man really really fun to talk about this stuff and what about where can people reach you if they want to get in touch and of course i'm sure a lot of uh, budding entrepreneurs or even existing ones might want to ask you things uh, or ask you for angel investment uh, absolutely out there so i'm uh, uh, i am on twitter hs grover you know and linkedin just send me a message uh, more than happy to say hello meet folks i have time all right uh, and uh, also guys if you are not uh, subscribe to the slack channel please go to the website ivmpodcast.com/shunya1 There's a button over there which says send me the Slack invite and Abhinith will send you a Slack invitation. Also, just wanted a quick reminder that if you can drop a review wherever that is, iTunes or Castbox or wherever that is, please do that helps. Awesome. Thank you. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>